Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 39 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and I am back after being gone for the last week on a family vacation. You know, it's good getting away, but I always get that feeling like it's good to be back as soon as I land back at home. I always get that good feeling of just being home, and it's really good to be back here. And it's good to have the opportunity to be back in front of this microphone talking baseball with all you guys and my good buddy Andrew, who is here with me again tonight. Andrew, how you doing, man? Going good. How was uh, how was the trip? It was awesome. F- Florida was amazing. I it was just a good week of getting away. My daughter's getting more of the age where she's enjoying to do some more things and getting her to swim in the water and, and with her little floaties. That it was. It was a lot of fun Good. just yeah. see, seeing her excitement on doing some stuff like that. And what was really neat the last night we were there, we weren't planning on, we were planning on plan- staying near the resort, especially after the hurricane hit Florida there bef- right before our trip. But last minute, we decided to go the night before to downtown Disney, which have you been to Disney World before, Andrew? Yeah. Yeah. A few times. Oh, yeah? Not in, not in a while, but... As a kid? Yeah. More, more as yeah. A... No, last time I was there, I was probably like 16 or 17. That's cool. That's yeah, real it's cool. It's been a while. Well, we went a few times when I was a kid. I never did go as a kid, so I didn't get to experience that. And I could tell whenever I got older and I went there for the first time, because we had this nice perk where my wife's um, radio co-host, she's in radio... He has a brother that worked at Disney. So every year for the last, for three or four years there, we'd go down there and he could get all of us passes for free. So I, I've yet to pay for a pay to get into Disney. Nice. It was a, yeah, that's not cheap. Yeah. It's not cheap either. No, it's not. I've seen tickets. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get one of those like park hopper passes for the weekend for like a three day weekend, I think it's like $400 a person. That's what it was a few years ago. So, anyways, we got we didn't go there, but they have this this outside of Disney, like the parks. They have this area called Downtown Disney, which has a lot of shops, restaurants. It's kind of like an outdoor mall, you could say. And they've got a couple small kiddie rides, like a a train ride, a small kids train ride, and a merry-go-round. And we took her to that, and took her in the Disney store, and. Yeah, uh, for a little two-year-old walking into a gigantic Disney store is like heaven. And it oh, was, yeah. it was so cool as a dad to see that. I mean, it yeah. it moved me. So, awesome. Either way, good it times. was a good trip. Yeah. Well, tonight we're going to co- go over a couple things at the top of the show. But the meat and potatoes of this episode is going to involve us going back and looking at the ADP of this previous draft season and rate the return on investment for each of them, the ROI, as they say, as an acronym. And I don't know exactly how far down the list we'll go quite yet. And my goal, I wrote down the top 30 and their results. And as long as we're moving along with this podcast, we'll try to get to that. But my goal is also to try to keep this episode, uh, each of these episodes in the one hour vicinity. So if we run a little long, we might cut it short, but that's the plan. We're known to do that. 
we're, we're doing better lately, though. Yeah, we are. We're doing better. <laughs> but before we get into that, I thought we could have a discussion about maybe some of these late season performances that are going under the radar and could possibly lead to being bargains next year in drafts. And Andrew, my, um, I asked you to start up, come up with some, and I've got some myself and I'll start with this question. How many names do you have? Uh, I, I wrote down seven, but I can do less or, you know, whatever. I just kind of jotted down a few names. No, you're good. We'll, we'll do all seven. I wrote down five, even though I kind of consider it four and a half. So yeah, we'll cover them all. But that that tells me you need to go first then with your first ones. Uh, do you want me to just name them off or just go do one? Wanna... Just do one. So I guess the first one I'll name is uh, he's kind of my boy, you know that. But Sean Manaya, mm, he was on my list too. Actually, he's been great since he came back. I. And I think, you know, it, it's always hard right now to kind of gauge uh, where the market will be on these players in the offseason. But I can almost assure you, I, for some of the listeners that may not know, he's like been my guy forever. Obviously, he's had injury issues and stuff like that. But he's been good when he's been healthy in the last couple of years. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that the price will be pretty down on him even with this going into next year. I mean, because there, there is injury risk, but yeah, I just, I definitely will be buying him up next year. I'm pretty confident in saying that. Let me ask you this. How many share, like where do you own Manea right now? Uh, just Roto masters too. Okay. And you've already got that one locked down. So, what I'm about to say, you may be on board with, but what we need is one blow-up start in the next couple weeks. Just to get that yeah, ERA in the mid-fours and get that whip up there. And That's fine. I still think people will be scared off by like the lack of innings. Yes. Though. So I think almost no matter what he does, he'll be pretty cheap next season, going as like a number four or five starter or whatever. Agreed. I just don't think that he's going to get higher than that because too many other guys have been good, you know, for a longer period of time. But he'll be on my radar in like those mid to late rounds of drafts next year. I agree. What I really like, you know, when you look at his 2017, 2018, his strikeouts were seven, eight range. And then, Last year in 2018, they were all the way down to six per ni- six strikeouts per nine. And since coming back, and we're talking small sample size, we're talking 54 innings. But his K rate, he's well over a strikeout an inning in those 54 innings pitched, and not walking many guys. He's controlling real well. I I'm excited about him for next year. I'm real excited, especially for a guy who, again, just like before, calls Oakland his home. Yeah. Well, he was on my list too. So because of that, I'm going to make you do another one. Okay. I'll uh, mention, well, one guy I have written down and 
he doesn't exactly qualify for the way this was worded, I guess. I was kind of looking at guys that have been hot in the latter part of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was kind of what it was based on. But the wor- the I know you said, like, under the radar and will be bargains. I'm not sure with this guy, but we've been talking about him tonight in the RM2 chat, and that's you, Darvish. I mean, yeah. he's he has been like one of the best pitchers in the league in the second half. So I'm curious to see. I saw one guy, one industry guy, he had uh, starting pitcher rankings for 2020, and he had Darvish at 27. Wow. And I thought that was pretty fair. I actually, in my head, figured he would go a little higher than that. So – yeah, I think at 27 I'll be in, but um, I mean, a lot of people are noticing because he, he's the best one of these guys that I have listed. Well, there's one hitter, too, that I have that's kind of in that range, but um, I just think it's one of those where if you checked out in July or August because your team teams are bad or something like that, you probably aren't getting the full whiff of what he is doing because he's just been going crazy lately. 13, I, I think thir- now. 13 K's tonight. I, I looked the other day. He was third in XFIP in the second half behind Cole and Verlander. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, he's been awesome. In the first half of the year, he had 97 innings, 49 walks, 111 strikeouts. So he's still striking guys out, but he could not control it. And his ERA was at five and, this second half, I did not re- I knew he'd been better, but I didn't know he'd been this good. 66 innings, 2.44 ERA. In those 66 innings, he has 93 strikeouts and six walks. Yeah, and he had 13, and that's not counting tonight. Tonight, right? yeah. Thir- 13 Ks and uh, one walk. Gave up a few runs, but. Incredible. Okay, yeah. that one fits. All right, my first guy I'm going to mention is Garrett Richards with San Diego. Uh, kind of like Manea, very similar here. I don't feel as strong on him as I do Manea, but had Tommy John surgery last year, and he signed a two-year deal with the Padres last offseason, which him getting with him getting paid to rehab this year and then be part of the rotation next year when they're hoping to possibly even contend. And his rehab's gone pretty smooth. He's able to make it back for his first start of the season on Monday. And the results weren't great, but they were okay. But I think I'm in on Richards if I can get him late in drafts next spring. And I think I can possibly get him as a 5-6 or maybe even a 7. I'm not sure yet. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. But I think that those that potential is there. And he had a 3.6 ERA with 87 strikeouts and 76 innings last year before the injury. Solid. And pitching in that spacious San Diego ballpark where they're hoping to contend. I think there's some upside here with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a little bit of the start the other night uh, because I had Davies. He was going against Davies. I had Davies pitching in one of my leagues that I needed him. So, yeah, I'm not, uh, I don't know. There's something about him that makes me uneasy, but where you're going to get him, it doesn't even matter. It's going to be so late. Yeah, it, if he crept up to starting pitcher four, yeah, I'm not interested at all. But I just have a feeling his value is going to be 
so low. I think he's going to go so light that I'm gl- I'll be glad to take a shot on him. You're right. He's hasn't he had two Tommy Johns? Isn't that the case? I think so. Yeah, uh, he'll yeah. he'll go even later than Manaya. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure of that. I so, agree. Yeah. Okay. Who's your next one? Um, Tommy Edmond. <laughs> he's on my list too. Uh, he was next. Yeah, and I'm actually just going to mention the other guy. It's kind of similar is Kevin Newman from the Pirates. Yeah. They've both just been hot. Um, the types of guys that I don't think that they will get that much helium because I don't know. They're just not like big time prospects and they're, you know, surrounded kind of by better players. And it's just never, I don't think it's going to get to a point with either one of those guys where it's going to blow up like, oh my God, you know, he's, He's expensive. I just don't see it. But they're um, they're both contributing really good across the board in the second mm-hmm. half. I mean, they're hitting, running a little bit, hitting for a little bit with a little bit of pop. You know, it's. it's um, I'll be curious to see their roles next year. But um, I actually have Edmund in RM three, so I'm really happy about it. Just because I didn't pay anything to get him and. Seems like he's kind of carved out a little bit here, so we'll see. But I think I'm going to like both of those guys, like late in drafts. Yeah, I agree. I think Edmund. I mean, he might be a 10 to 15 home run, 25 stolen base guy if he can get the bats next year. And with did you say? You no, know, did you say five? Did you say five stolen base? No, 20 to 25. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, he's going to steal more <laughs> than that. Yes, he is. That's boring if it's 15 to <laughs> I don't think yeah. we're racing out to get him in right, that kind right. of format. Yeah. But no, you know, he doesn't walk much, and that is something that I'm never too big a fan on. But the good thing is he, can, he still puts the bat on the ball really well. Even with such a low walk rate this year in the 80 games up, 300 bats, he's – only struck out 17% of the time, and he makes hard contact. Hard and medium contact are both over 40%, which that's always nice to have when you got that out of a hitter. And, yeah, I, I'm i going to be curious to know what the Cardinals are going to do next year. I I have a feeling Matt Carpenter is going to get moved. I, just, I think he's going to get traded somewhere, and that's how they're going to open up a role for him because the outfield's kind of clogged, even if – Ozuna walks as a free agent. Dylan Carlson's coming early next year. So I think I think Edmund his role probably has got to come through third base unless they decide to move Wong, but I think Carpenter's the guy out, which kind of saddens me because I've always really liked him as a person and he's done some great things in a uniform, but I think that's where they're gonna go and give Edmund the shot. Yeah, I think both of those guys could be like 12 to 15 homers, 20 steals, roughly, with, like, average, you know. I just – That's I valuable. Think I think they're sneaky. I mean, late – like I said, late in drafts. I mean, I don't think they're going to creep up much higher than the mid to late rounds, so. Kevin Newman, the guy we thought Cole Tucker – we wanted Cole Tucker to be. Yeah, he's been good, man. Yeah, Agreed. Okay, well, my next one is Nick Solak I'm with the Texas Rangers. He plays second base and third base. 
but has DH'd a lot for Texas ever since getting called up by the Rangers. He was in Tampa's organization and was traded to Texas at the deadline, which I think improves his stock. I Actually, I should say I'm pretty certain it does because in Tampa, they like to play the platoon game, and they've got a lot more depth in their organization, making play, playing time more difficult to come by. Meanwhile, in Texas, there's opportunities. And anyways, in AAA, between both organizations, Solak has had 27 home runs and five stolen bases, which was a solid follow-up from the 19 home runs and 21 steals he had in last year. And he was called up to the bigs in August. He's hit well, hitting well over 300 with four home runs and one steal in 23 games played. And while the batting average is high, it isn't that part I'm not so excited about. It's, he's got a BABIP well over 400 right now. But I do believe this guy can be a 270-ish hitter with 25 to 30 home runs and some stolen bases chipped in, getting chipped in. And I think Texas is probably going to give him a shot at that starting gig at third base next year. So I'm in on Solak. I, the other thing I didn't say in all that, I, he takes walks well. He's controlled the strike zone really well in terms of uh, double digits walk percentage. A lot of his stops throughout the minor leagues and so far in the bigs. I'm in on Solak. Yeah, I could see it where he's where he's probably going to go again. It's another guy that should be. Uh... Should, Should be, cheap. be relatively relatively cheap, yeah. Yep. All right, who do you got next? Uh, Zach Gallen. Huh. And uh, this is, I mean, it's just a guy, that, again, like I said, with uh, kind of with Darvish, if you haven't paid attention in the last, you know, since I'd say around August 1st, really around the day, de- really since he came up. I mean, since just total since he came up, but just been really good. Um, I'm kind of curious to see where he goes in the, uh, you know, falls in line in ADP. Um, I can't guarantee I'll be in, but I think it's just one of those guys that, I don't know, he's done some good things here in the second half, really all year. So just a guy that's interesting. Yeah, Gallon has had a really good second half. That was another one I hadn't really noticed. But, you know, when he came up, the thing I heard people talking about is this might be a floor guy who may not have a huge ceiling but can be a good contributor. But he's striking out batters at a pretty good rate up since he's come up, and that's impressive. Be interesting to see. He's got a, he's got a role in Arizona now. It's still weird. I keep wanting to call – still want to call him a Marlin. He was yeah. traded in that trade, but – yeah, I can see that. Um, my last one I wrote down is a real deep guy that probably I'm not even drafting, but James Karinchek with the Indians, relief pitcher. I This guy wasn't even on my radar until he was called up. I think it was late last week. But in 30 innings pitched in the minors between AA and AAA, he had 74 strikeouts. Yeah, I know. The guy was walking too many, walks per nine, being over five. But if this guy figures out where that ball is going, this guy could be an absolutely dynamite late-inning reliever. And they've got Brad Hand, and he's under team control. But I'm more saying that if you're playing in a saves plus holds, I think this would be a good guy to grab. 
And if anything happens with Han this offseason, I would be pretty aggressive on Karinchek. And his first outing was the other day in an inning and a third, and he had three strikeouts in that inning in the third. So he had a nice first showing. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I remember hearing about him like real early in the season when he was just going bonkers with the K's and the minors. And uh, I don't have him anywhere. It was like one of those things that just I didn't really want to drop prospects for a guy like that that I didn't mm-hmm. know when he was going to come up, you know. But, yeah, he's definitely interesting, no doubt. So in my daily dynasty league, it saves plus holds. And you can't pick up prospects after July 1st unless they get called up. After Uh their first appearance in the major leagues, you can pick them up. So I was watching. I set my phone alarm to go off at 10 o'clock every night all last weekend, even while I was in Florida, (laughs) to make sure that if he came home or if he threw and got in there for a game, that I knew about it so I could put the waiver or put the fib, oh, nice. fab bit in. Yeah. And once he threw that, had that appearance, I think it was Sunday. I don't remember for sure. I had yeah. like something like $360 of fab left. I'm like two weeks left. I'm I just bid it all on him. So yeah, nice. probably the second best bid may have been zero, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> hey, I'm like, can't take it with you. Nope. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I own current check in the league now. Okay, uh, I'm out of guys, so from here out, I don't know how many you have uh, left, but I close just it out. Have, um, I don't really have much to say, but Marcus Simeon mm. has just totally turned everything around. I mean, he's – I was looking today, I think since August 1st, he's the number one player in fantasy. Jeez. I mean, it's just like uh, – Definitely something again, and this was kind of my theme with these, but just something where if you stop paying attention, you're moved on to football and you're just not, you know, I mean, no one's thinking of Marcus Simeon like that unless you've really been watching it. He's just been a monster. So that's just something to be aware of. I'm not saying I'll be in at his price. I don't know what it's going to be yet. And I, it's kind of actually hard for me to even put a finger on that, but. Um, that and Sean Murphy just sticking with the A's too, because he's been yeah. really good, really good since he came up. And at catcher, it doesn't take that much to be relevant. And I think he's their catcher, and I think he's pretty good. So, just a couple guys, but I heard Rich Wilson talking about him on a podcast I was listening today while I was driving a lot on the Prospect Three Sixty One podcast, and he was talking about Murphy. He watches. He knows a lot more about this than I, someone like I would. But he said defensively, Murphy is a very, very good defensive catcher, too, to where yeah. that's not even a worry. Moving on to Simeon, I, I, I doubt you know this, and I, so I'm going to have you guess. He has 31 home runs this year. What do you think his home run to fly ball rate is? I have no idea. What would you guess? Just throw throw a number out. It doesn't matter. We're playing this is 20, 25%. You are 10% off. 15? It's 15. Yeah. That's not bad. 
Yeah, I figured. I kind of thought when you asked, it probably wasn't that bad. But yeah, that's that right there. I mean, I've been bragging all year about what Austin Meadows has done, and when you look at his home run, stolen bases, batting average, it looks like what Austin Meadows did this year. Yeah, I want to say I, I think he's like even um, amongst the WAR leaders in baseball. I mean, he's just oh he's wow, having, yeah, yeah. He's having a great season. Like, and he used to be a poor defender. And I've I've read articles or I've seen articles that have talked that's talked about how he's gone from being a poor shortstop to a really good one. Yeah, he is. I'm looking at Fangraphs WAR right now. In the American League, he is third behind Gee. Mike behind Mike Trout and Alex Bregman. Wow. Wow. 31 homers, 10 steals, 117 runs scored. I mean, it's – and his, you know, K and walk rates are both great. I mean, it's – yeah, he's he's been great. Really yep. has. He's been the best player on Oakland. <laughs> Crazy, given how many good players they have, yeah, too. Yeah, they have a lot of good players. Okay. Well, that was all of your list, right? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Okay, well, we'll move on to topic number two then. Uh, We're less than two weeks from the end of the regular season. And, Andrew, there are people out there that are in a dogfight to either get the money or if they're even more fortunate, they're challenging to win a championship right now. At this point, as they are looking at their rosters and their rotisserie standings, what are some pointers you'd give to players that are trying to compete and get in the money or win a championship? What are some things you'd be telling them to be looking for? Um, really just don't be afraid to cut players, like in redraft leagues that are, you know, hurt. I mean, we're close enough now to the end that it shouldn't even really be, you know, you're not like holding out, waiting for anybody I mean, it's just you got to just take who's playing now and giving you production now, you know, and let the other guys go. Um, just stuff like that. I mean, good matchups for pitchers, obviously, but don't be afraid to uh, to cut guys that are hurt. And whatever categories you need, just don't be afraid to play players that help you in those in those categories. I've got one league where I'm playing a couple of rotten players because I need steals. And, I mean, I'm sitting better players for them, but that's what I need, you know? So you got to do it. Now, that's real good advice there at this point. You could have Nelson Cruz in your utility slot bashing home runs, but you're in first place in homers by 15. Yeah, it doesn't do and it. He's not doing you any good. Your RBI run, batting averages, they're all looking like they're not moving. But maybe you're in a, you're within five stolen bases of maybe five-point difference between you and a guy who's five points ahead of you. There's five steals in there. And I'll use an example like you've told me privately. I think about Billy Hamilton. You have, don't you have, you have him in arm one, right? Yeah. And he's a guy who, if the Braves clinch, you can plug him in there and he, they might just say, Billy, go go do 
go do your thing. Go try getting on base and run. Do whatever you want because right now you're just biding time till we get to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. It really just comes down to what you what you really need. I mean, and you just have to look at your standings and assess it and kind of go with what you think you have the best chance to move up in. I mean. I'm kind of fighting with it in a couple leagues too. And it's fun, man. It's, it's like every, uh, every pitch with some of these games, I'm stressing out, but (laughs) it's kind of the way, kind of the way it goes. But another thing that I do a lot, I mean, I kind of do this the whole pretty much from mid season on, but especially now as teams get less and less fab is don't let teams, get players that you want especially if you're competing with them like if i have say i'm just throwing out random numbers but if i have like 80 fab dollars and the team that i'm competing with has five i'm bidding six on every guy that i want or even guys that you think could help them yeah right especially if i have a lot more than them and i'm always kind of like i said from about June, July, towards the end of the whole rest of the way, I'm always kind of looking at that stuff. You know, like if there's a few teams that have zero and a couple of teams that have two, just I'm just saying, again, just using random numbers, I'm always going to bid three, even if I don't want the guy that much. If, If it's enough to where I'm putting a bid on him, I'm going to block like five teams from getting in, you know, because that's just all part of the game. I mean, that's, and I'm going to do that every time. Like why bid zero or one when I can bid three and block five teams, you know, every league is different. Obviously some of them, you can't always do it. And early in the season, it doesn't matter because everybody has a lot, but as you get to these later points in the year, especially to, you know, you kind of have to assess how badly you want or need the guy, but just all stuff to think about. I think we're probably a little too late for some of that because we really are, like, right at the end here. But, I mean, there's still a fab run or two probably in most leagues. So Yeah, and there's going to be players with opportunities this weekend. I mean, we there, there's going to be closure situations that are changing right now. And there's yeah. a couple of – and guys are getting injured and new guys are coming in and you like Billy Hamilton, Billy Hamilton could be sitting out there on the wire and you're, you're good on steals, but even maybe your opponent needs steals. You might, might be in your best interest to pick up Billy Hamilton just to block him. Yeah. Stuff like that. Weird guys get playing time at the end of the year. It's, it's like, it's definitely strange. Sometimes the guys you're putting in, you're like, I never thought I'd play this guy, you know? It's like week 17 of a fantasy football season if you actually let your football season play in week 17, which nobody should ever do because it's so random. But oh, right. yeah. that doesn't apply in baseball. It's 162 games unless yep. you're playing in head-to-head. And there's weird things that happen. I My home redraft auction league, or not home, but my redraft auction league, I was looking at the waiver wire Sunday night. And it was so weird whenever I hit the players button to look at free agents. And first name I saw was Mike Trout. I kind of did a double take. I thought, did I click the wrong button? And then I realized, no, oh, Mike yeah. Trout's done. 
yeah, can be thrown back. Yeah, that was I did that with Javi Baez in one of mine. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What? Oh yeah, oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> took it, took me a minute. All right. Well, finally, it's time to look at this past off season that was. We're going to go down the ADP from the NFBC draft data from last winter and spring. And after I discuss the performance of said player, Andrew, what I want you to do is to give me a rating from 1 to 10 on how satisfied and fantasy owners should feel if they took that player in that spot that their ADP is. And what I'm going to do is write down your scores for each player, and I want to tally up and see see how the list how many players from the list finished in each slot, basically. I think I'm going to do like a zero to three, four to six and seven to 10 and see kind of how each of these guys fall and maybe pull an average and see how many players also were in these spots. Uh, For the players that we may have recently discussed in depth on our dynasty startup podcast, we may hurry through them quickly, just do a number and move on. But we may have a discussion or two about a few of these veterans that weren't in that pot mentioned in that podcast. So you ready to do this, Andrew? Yep. Okay, here we go. Number one, Sir Michael Trout, who is now out for the year for the last couple of weeks of the season, but had a had a two ninety one batting average, hundred and ten runs, forty five home runs, hundred and four RBI, and eleven stolen bases. And before you give me a number. I did all of this just a couple days ago, so these stats are two days old, which at this point of the season doesn't really mean much. So if you hear something like, I, I, you know what, I heard, saw Mike Trout steal his 12th base, which is impossible. Yeah, you guys will be okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, give me a score, Trout, 1 to 10. Uh, I would say like 9.5. I mean, the, half. Old, the only, I was going to say 10, but the only... I guess if you're in like a head-to-head league, obviously it's a little disappointing. You don't have him here at the end. I mean, Roto, there's nothing to complain about. He's missing the last couple of weeks, but he had a Mike Trout season. So he did. You want you be. want to hear you want to hear a crazy stat here real quick? Let's hear it. Four thirty-eight on base percentage this year was his lowest in four seasons. <laughs> I mean, well, how? Utterly ridiculous is that. Who is second in on base percentage? I I don't know if you know that right off, and I need to. I want to look that up because. Let's see here. Who's second in the league? Christian Yelich at four twenty nine. Bregman at four twenty. I was going to choose him or Rendon. Rendon's got to be up there. Rendon's fifth. He there are five players with an OBP over. 407 and or 400 and Rendon well this is weird I don't understand oh I thought I put it on OVP ranking let me yeah okay that's right Rendon is fourth in baseball with a 417 and actually there are so good lately man yeah he's been awesome seven players with an OVP over 400 that's it and Trout at 438 as a career or a low in the last four years. Wow. Gotcha. All right. Um, I will say I probably would have, I'm not going to give scores on many of these guys. I think I would have put it a little less just because even though he's been steady 
the drop in stolen bases, I think I would have taken him down a couple notches. But it still doesn't. And it's because he went 1-1. If you took Trout just about in, or anywhere, you should be thrilled with that production still. Yeah. Okay. Number two, Mookie Betts. 293 batting average. Elite, I think it's a league-leading 131 runs, 28 home runs, 78 RBI, and 15 stolen bases. Give me a number. I'll say like a seven. Okay. I mean, I. these two are pretty much the consensus top two. So, I mean, like Mookie Betts hasn't been the second-best player this year, but I think most of us knew that it was possible that he wouldn't be. He's still been really good. Led the league in runs. I mean, you got to be pretty happy, I think, still. Even though there was guys below him that were better. I mean, there's almost always going to be that. Yes. So. Agreed. He, he's fine. Yeah. Okay. Jose Ramirez at number three. That was his ADP. It was in the third slot. 254 batting average. 65 runs. 20 home runs. 75 RBI. And 24 steals. In 126 games. Give me a number. That's a a weird one. I would say like a four or five. Okay. Yeah, I mean, super cold at the beginning, super hot, and then hurt. Mm -hmm. So, mixed bag. Just tough. I, I just think it's it's just a tough year for him. And he did go 2020 still. I mean, that's... Impressive considering everything else, but considering he had yeah. six or seven home runs at the All Star break too, yeah, he got hot. Yeah, it was. It just felt like such a short period of time where he was really hot, even though he was really hot in that time. It, I feel like overall it was a disappointment. What about Matt Scherzer? He was fourth overall. Had 159 innings pitched. As of me writing this, and I don't think he's pitched since then, but 2.65 ERA, 1.03 whip, 222 strikeouts, a 10 and 6 record. I'd give him like an 8. Just the innings. He missed some time. so. But yeah, he's been pretty much his usual self other than that. I hear people talk about next year in redraft leagues and who's the number one pitcher off the board. And I don't hear his name as often this year as I have in the past few years. And I think he's still my one, even though he missed a little bit of time. I think I still want him more than any other pitcher for 2020. Where, where are you at on that? Uh, I don't really know. Honestly, I'll have to digest that during the off season. I, I think the list I saw, had him two, and I. The top few guys are. It's going to be like such splitting hairs. I'll, I'll make that decision in the off season. But he's right there. I mean, I, I think that it's just one of those reminders with his innings just being slightly down that you can't really guarantee innings for anybody. I mean, it, correct like anybody going into this year would have been like Max Scherzer's as good of a bet to lead the league in innings as anyone. And he's not even going to get to 200. So and Steven Strasburg's just, always hurt. And Steven Strasburg's got him beaten innings. So that right there, and there's so many instances of it. I, 
the innings pitch thing, they're all, I mean, they're all pitchers. So it's just, they, they all have similar risk. There's some that have more than others, but they all kind of have it. And the minute you think that someone doesn't, you're probably making a mistake. Just something to think about. Yep. J.D. Martinez, five, fifth overall, 530, 534 at-bats, 3.03 batting average, 92 runs, 35 home runs, 96 RBI, and yes, he chipped in one stolen base. Yeah, I'd say like a 6, 6, 7. 6.5. Yeah. <laughs> when you say 4, like you said, 4 or 5 for Jose Ramirez, and I'm like 4.5. Yeah. I feel like JD's season's been real quiet. Yes. It's almost like you haven't even heard his name all year. But you look down, the numbers are good. I mean, they don't completely blow me away, but yeah, they're good. I, yep. I do think that the the line he put up this year with the juice ball is a little more uh I don't know, common might be a bad word, but more guys are able to do that, like comparable to what he did this year than in in past years. So I agree. Puts a little bit of a damper on it, but still a great season. Number six, Christian Yelich, who had the MVP twenty eighteen, but some people were skeptical, myself included, of that home run to fly ball rate. In 489 at-bats, he had a 329 batting average, 100 runs, 44 home runs, 97 RBI, and 30 stolen bases. Unfortunately, since we recorded last, he fractured his kneecap and is done for this year. And, Andrew, I agree with something you said recently when someone was asking if the knee injury would affect his draft stock next year. And I think... You said something like, it's too early to tell. We don't have to worry about that for a while. And I thought that was well said. We really don't know anything yet. Why worry about it? Hopefully he's okay. But I feel like that's the likely scenario. But the good is he's okay. But the good news is we have time to worry about that later. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's it'll figure itself out, you know. If he's having problems with his kneecap in March, then you're probably moving him down. But, I mean, if I had to bet most of the offseason, he's going to probably be, like, the number three overall pick. I assume Trout and Acuna are one, two in some order. And then yep. Yelich is third. I think if he hadn't had this injury, I might have given consideration to one or two. Would have been fine. I was just going to say that, too. But he's probably firmly third because of it. Don't you agree with that? Yep, agreed. Clear, clear. But yeah, probably the most clear guy in the first round this year. As far as a a number, I I think his season, I mean, it's like a 10. Yep, it it is. For where you got him. You have to be thrilled. I mean, a lot of those people are probably winning leagues. Agreed. Nolan Arenado, number seven, uh, 315 batting average, 380 on base, 97 runs, 40 home runs, 114 RBI, and two stolen bases. Ten. Ten. That's a high number. (laughs) 
You can't ever. I mean, every year, just book it. Nolan Arenado, he does it every year. Yeah, he's awesome. Ronald Acuna, number eight. Uh, he's cl- just crossed the 600 at bat mark. He's got 280 batting average, 365 on base, 120 runs, 95 RBI. He has 39 home runs, and you were just telling me before we got on air, he just stole his 37th base, so now he has 37 steals. Closing in as a possible 40-40. I don't even think I need to ask you. This one's a 10. Yeah, it's a 10. Yep. 40-40, man. I want, yeah. get, I want him to get it. You know, when we talked a month ago, I think we were still saying we're going Trout number one in a redraft, weren't we? Were we still saying that at that time? Yeah, I said that last show. I think I agree. I agreed with you at the time, but I'm starting to waver on that even with what Acuna's doing here. Maybe I shouldn't, but yeah. God, you just don't. It's get... really close. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna have to think it's... about it long and hard, and probably won't matter because I won't pick one. I only have one redraft snake draft league that I'm in. But man, I'll the thing the... is, the thing is though, is don't you kind of think that. If Mike Trout wanted to steal 30-plus again, he could do it. <laughs> yep. I do. I mean, I really do think he could. That's what he so, did like five years ago. Five years yeah. ago, like, he had that first season where he stole 52, and then it came down to 20s and 10. And then all yeah. of a sudden, he started stealing 30, 40 bags again. I think he just made a decision. I think I'm going to steal more bases. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be one... I'll be glad that I won't have to probably make that decision. I mean, what's the likelihood, you know, if you're in a 15-team draft, there's basically a 1 in 15 chance you have to make that decision. So, whatever. That works for most people, but not our good buddy, Kang Do, who is our fellow admin in Baseball 365, who plays in like 37 leagues. Yeah. He'll probably have to make this decision a couple right. times this yeah. season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you might have to, and it's a tough call. I mean, I would just advise anyone to just do what they're comfortable with. There will be plenty that take Trout, and probably there will be plenty that take Acuna. So there's no wrong answer to that question as far as I'm concerned at this point. Agreed. Okay, number nine, Trey Turner. He had that. Missed time during the season, so as of when I took the notes, he had 107 games played, which is right at that two-thirds of a season mark, 296 batting average, 81 runs, 14 home runs, 47 RBI, and 32 stolen bases. Two-thirds of a season, that's pretty good, but he did miss time. What would you put his score at? Uh, I'd say like a seven, seven, seven and a half, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, I mean, obviously, missed time still. It's like the right blend of stats that are rare. You know, like these guys that uh, have power and speed, but more speed. Those guys are intriguing these days. And Trey is obviously, I mean, he's like the poster child for that, but um, still has pop, you know, still hits for average, and obviously lots of steals, but. Any of these guys that can hit like 10 to 15 and even steal like 20 to 25, I mean, that's that's really valuable. Trey obviously does more than that, but 
Yeah, 32 steals in two-thirds of a season, which if you hadn't missed that time, the guy might be have 45, 50 stolen bases and 20 home runs. And you yeah. don't find guys like that. Right. They're hard to come by. Okay, number 10, our reigning NL Cy Young Award winner, Jake DeGrom. Uh, has 183 innings pitched and 29 starts, nine and eight, winning his nine wins and eight losses, 2.69 ERA, 231 strikeouts, and a whip at 1.02. Just curious, where did you get this ADP? Where did you get this? Uh, NFBC draft data. Okay, okay. I was only yeah. asking because. I do not remember DeGrom going 10. Yeah, I do. That was his overall ADP. He was going in the back half of first rounds. I mean, I saw him sometimes get to 13 or 14, but yeah. Yeah. He was up there. Yeah, I think it has to basically be a, I mean, I guess nine because of the wins, but I mean, that's, yeah, (laughs) he's been possibly going for back-to-back Cy Youngs here. I don't know how it'll shake out, but he's right there in the mix. So, You know, Scherzer seemed like the clear one, and DeGrom and the next pitcher in two picks were the two guys that were uh, pick one, and DeGrom was the right one. And we'll get to the other one in a moment. Alex Bregman sandwiched between them. Has a 294 batting average, 416 on base percentage. It might be a little higher than I said a moment ago. I took these notes a couple days ago, as I said. 111 runs, 35 home runs, 103 RBI, and five stolen bases. Yeah, like it, I mean, pretty much a 10. He's done everything. You'd hope I, I maybe yeah, I take that back. Maybe a nine just because of the steals. Agreed. Yeah. Not quite as many. You kind of hope for like ten plus steals out of those guys, but it's kind of nitpicky with everything else. He's been a monster. Is he kind of like the new Manny Machado? That's what I think about when I look at his stat line. Not so much the on base percentage, but if you're playing in like a a five by five standard league, he almost feels like he's kind of Machado was about two or three years ago yeah pretty much the counting stats are just so bonkers in that offense yeah machado if he was hitting for houston in the houston lineup yeah and number 12 chris sale of the boston red sox 25 games started 147 innings 6 and 11 record 4.37 era a whip that was only 1.08. He was shut down about a month ago with some elbow stuff. It was said that he won't need Tommy John surgery, but anyway, before I get into more of that, what score would you give him? Uh, as far as my satisfaction with picking him here, yes, like a two. That's one more than I'd have given him. Yeah. Yeah, rough. Just rough. It was a disaster. Yeah, and there was some barking elbow stuff going on late last year, also. And now he's been shut down. And I mean, I don't think it's out of the question that this guy could have Tommy John surgery next year. Let me ask you this: Is there a world where you think you might be willing to draft Sale as a top fifteen starting pitcher next year? I mean, 
what could is there anything that could happen that would make you feel comfortable doing that as a top 15 starting pitcher yes yes i would draft him as a top 15 pitcher i mean it, it's obviously all pending reports on his health and stuff but yeah if he's healthy going into the year i mean he's going probably as a top 10 pitcher i don't know exactly where it'll fall but um it's chris sale i mean he had a tough year his ex fips 294 i mean mm-hmm. it's not a lot of it was bad luck um I have no doubts that a healthy Chris Sale is a top five pitcher in the league. And I still, I mean, I, I've felt that way the entire time. I still do. But are these things concerning? Of course, it, a lot of it's going to kind of come down to how it, how it plays out in the off season. And when we get closer to the, to the season, how he feels and the reports and all that. But yeah, if he's healthy, I mean, there's not a long list of guys that I would take in front of him, to be honest. You said if he's healthy, and I agree. If he's healthy and we knew he was going to be healthy, yeah, I would take him as a top five pitcher too. My fear is these reports this last offseason, we were hearing he was ready to go and he was going to be fine. It was kind of quiet, but then once spring training started, he was saying, I'm ready to go and – I can see the same thing happening this offseason when January comes. And I just don't know if I'm even then going to feel confident, which yeah, this could be a Strasburg deal like we were just saying. We feel that way about Strasburg, and he could go out there and throw 240 innings next year. But I just don't, <sighs> I don't think that there's any way that Chris Sale is not drafted as a top 15 pitcher. Unless he's if, just out for the season. Yeah. But if he, if he, you know, it's one or the other. It's like he's either going into the season starting or he's out. I mean, like I said, we'll see on that. But, yeah, I, I think he's definitely going to be drafted as a top. I'm not saying it'll be right, and I'm not saying it'll work out. Yeah. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying ADP. He's going to be drafted as a top 15 starter. I'm almost positive of that. I'm not unless, as confident as you. Unless but there's just all kinds of questions. That's what I'm afraid of. I think the questions are going to be there regardless after this last offseason. I mean, he had, I mean, as bad as it was this year, he had 218 strikeouts and yeah. a 108 whip. And it was yeah. awful. Yes. You know, it's like, I mean... This was the first year I've ever owned him in any sort of league. I took him in a redraft. I was in on getting him. And I'm not saying all of this because I was burned. I definitely would go back to the well if he had been healthy and finished the year with all this. I just am really worried about that elbow. He's, I don't know. I, I, and I just don't think we're getting much clarity from it. I think they're going to try to rest it and have him ready to go next off season or next season. And I, I don't think I'm going to feel comfortable enough investing yeah. unless he'd have to really drop. And maybe if he got to near 15 or so, I'd consider it, but I don't think there's any situation where I'm taking him as a top 10 going into next year. I, I, I'll have to look at a list. I just don't think, but I don't think I will. Okay. Um, moving on Francisco Lindor. 
dropped from being a top five player and a lot of redrafts all winter to 13th overall after an ankle injury in February that him questionable for opening day. But he came back early in the season, 538 at bats, 296 batting average, 346 on base, 90 runs, 31 home runs, 70 RBI and 21 steals. Lindor, what would you give him? What, what score would you give him? Uh, in this spot, like a nine. Yeah. He had a really good year. I mean, man, he's just, he's the man. I remember us talking before the season and I said, I could, I mean, he might steal 20, 25 bags again, just like last year, but he also might still 10 or still steal 10 or 15 because ankle injuries can take some time to heal, but. He's gone out and just raked and yeah. ran and hit home runs and done everything. Yeah, it's it's like one of those things where if he's going to do it like this after that that was going on, then how could you ever just not want to buy in? I don't know. I can't. I I can't see a world where I'm not interested in Lindor in the first round. Any time, you know, until he burns burns me, I'm just going to be in. I mean, he does everything. He's in his prime. He's awesome. He has a good head on his shoulders. Five categories. There's nothing not to like. You know, after those top three, as I'm sitting there looking at his name, wondering next year how high I'm willing to go. And he may be, I think he's either four or five for me. I think... Right after yeah. those big three, it's Lindor and Trey Turner as the next two guys. And I the can only, intermix those. The only thing with that, and this is something I'll just have to look at more in the offseason, but is the depth of positions. It's true. You know, like if you're if if I'm sitting there and this has nothing to be clear, this has nothing to do with Lindor. It's yeah. just if if there's replacement I mean, I, line. I I haven't looked at it real close, but I have a feeling when I start looking at it in the off season, I'm going to think that shortstop is deep. I just, it is. Off the, just off the top of my head. And it's one of those things where if there's a bunch of shortstops I like that I know I can get in round 12, how much am I going to love Lindor in round one? And mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not saying I won't love him or won't take him, but that could bump him a few spots. I would say in the first round, if it's, you know, a position I feel like I don't like as much. And a player that's comparable, obviously. So, yeah. nitpick, nitpicky stuff that I'll worry about in the offseason. But, yeah, he's great. No denying that. I can get behind that. That's a good point. And shortstop does look like it's the deep position right now. We'll see. Come the offseason, yeah. injuries could happen. Anything could happen. But I think you're right on that. That's a real good point. Okay, number 14, Aaron Judge, who missed a lot of the season, had 91 games played, 338 at-bats, 272 batting average, but that, uh, as typical for Judge, a real good on-base percentage at 381, 65 runs, 22 home runs, 49 RBI, and three stolen bases. Three. Yeah. Been pretty disappointing. A lot of it because of injury, 
I don't think much differently of Judge going forward, but based on just this year, it's definitely disappointing. You didn't it, get what you paid for. Even when he came back, he didn't seem like it took it's taken him a while to get going. The power yeah in ninety one games at twenty two home runs, that's kinda low for him. I mean, I remember you saying before the year that and we'll circle back to a lot of our bold predictions here after the season ends, but Stanton and judge combined for over a hundred home runs. And it's I, <laughs> others, others made that same projection and we, it made sense. I could totally have seen it. Mitch, They've combined for what? Like 23 Mitch, Mitch Garver has more home runs. Than <laughs> <Judd and> <laughs> <laughs> oh if, gosh. If, I wish I could have gone to was, Vegas uh, on that. What if that was my bold prediction before the season? <laughs> I think if you went and put a dollar down on that in Vegas, you might be able to buy a house. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's just it sucks because it's injury related. I mean, if you told yeah. me if you told me the judge hits fifty next year, I wouldn't I'd be like, Yep, I could see it. Would I agreed. Su- wouldn't surprise me at all. It's just one of those years, you know, it's unfortunate. It happens, whatever. Yankees are still amazingly where they're at. I mean, they're going to win a hundred games. It's like so crazy the way their years, the way their season's gone. So incredible, but it's been absolutely incredible. Yeah. All right. Well, the last guy in the first round is Jose Altuve, who was a wheel player just a year after being a guy going, being discussed as going ahead of trout and Altuve's played 113 games. He missed some time. 455 at bats, but still hitting a solid average, 305 with a 363 on base, still scoring a pile of runs at 86, 28 home runs, real good power, 67 RBI, but six stolen bases. Where would you put him? Uh, I would say like a five. He's been, he's been all right. I mean, it's not, great because of the steals drop off but he's still hitting and still in a great lineup and power's been really good so kind of a little bit of a mixed bag with him he missed a little bit of time so but yeah he's been good since came back for the most part just not running quite as much and I think there's a different level of expectation you have to have for Jose Altuve going forward but yeah, I think it's okay. I'd just say a five. Uh, yeah, the the lack of the steals is the problem, and I think going forward, what would I think? I remember tell playing the game over under ten stolen bases when he came back from injury, and I was leaning under at that point just because or it might have been fifteen. At that point, I think I was leaning under just because of the fact that it really just seemed like he wasn't going to run anymore. And sure enough, he's. I think at the time he had one or two steals, and that means he still only stole three or four bags after coming back from injury. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where he's going in redrafts. I could see him being a two-three wheel guy. I think that's what where I bet he lands, and that'd be a good batting average. But stolen bases, I still wouldn't be counting on many next year at this point of his career. Yeah, it's tough. He he's one of those that I feel like if he stole like fifteen, 
he could still be a, a stud. Like that much. Like, because he hits enough and there's enough pop and the lineup is great. That if he could just steal like 15 bases, even 12 to 15, I, I think he could be really good. So it's, it's tough. We'll see. Okay, well, I just finished counting up the, stat, the numbers you gave me, and I've got some stats for you for this top 15 here. Of the top 15, your average score you gave out of those 15 was 7.3. That involved 10 of the 15 players with a 7 or higher, 2 players that were between 4 and 6, and 3 players that were between 1 and 4. That seems pretty good overall. Yeah, that was good. I mean, most of these guys, like even the... Aside from, I would say, Sale, he was kind of the disaster of the 15, but... They've mostly been good. I mean, and most and several have been great. So, yeah, I think it was a good year for the first round overall. Yeah. There really were good. years, I remember like five to ten years ago, that era where you were taking guys like Carlos Gonzalez, Matt Kemp, Ryan Bronze in the first round. And it yeah. just seemed like Troy Tulowitzki, up and down, you were just disappointed as the guys were getting hurt. And having ten players that – you're pretty happy with what you got out of them. That's yeah. that's really impressive out of 15 players. Yeah, like even like Mookie, how I was saying, you know, he obviously hasn't been the second best player, but I don't think anybody that took Mookie is sitting there going, man, that was so bad. I lost my league or I, you know, it's just you're not saying that even though he hasn't been a top two player. It's just a lot of these picks were for the most part, really good. So, Yeah, they say you can't win your league by your first-round pick, but you can lose it. And, yeah, Mookie Betts didn't lose it for him. Right. They didn't, he didn't win the league for you, but if you were counting on Mookie Betts to be your league winner, you weren't winning your league. I'm, because sure, I'm sure there's plenty of people that have Mookie Betts that won their league. Yes. You know, just hitting later guys like Jorge Soler or something like that. If you drafted Chris Sale or Aaron Judge with your first round pick and you won your league, props yeah. to hats off yeah. to you. I didn't do well in the league. I took Sale in the first. But yeah, it, especially Sale. Whew. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. All right, Andrew. My last question for you about this is is there anything from looking at these results here from this first round that has you thinking about making any sort of change in strategy or anything for next year? Is there anything? No, not really from these guys. I, um, some of that stuff I'll have to look at in the off season, but one thing without, without doing any research, you know, for next year, because this year is still going on. One thing that I have a feeling is going to be important next year is getting steals early. Mm -hmm. I know it was this year, but I feel like even more so next year, potentially because so many guys are hitting for power and you can get power all over the place. I mean, we're seeing it 
this year, and they may change the ball back next year. It may not be quite as drastic or whatever, but um, I still am pretty confident in saying that power will be more available late in drafts than speed. And um, that may not be a direct reflection here in the first round. Like, I'm not saying don't take Nolan Arenado in the first round, but because he doesn't run, but just um, just going to be something to think about. And, you know, we'll get into that more in the offseason, but I think you're going to need to come out of those first few rounds with some steals for sure, even more important than it has been in previous seasons. I completely agree. I have been one that's tried getting my speed early, but I've never, like, I haven't freaked out about it as much as others, as I would say. But I think that this year you're seeing the speed and home run categories continue. Go, they, they are going more and more to the extreme in opposite directions. Home runs especially are so high. I mean, Mitch Garver's hitting 30 home runs in 82 games. Yeah. And meanwhile, speed's just drying up. People, Teams are running less and less. The other thing, too, and this is kind of a different angle of it, but I, I laughed with uh, Paul Tam. He's one of my buddies, and he's in a couple of the Rotomasters leagues, but uh, Rotomasters, too. I, he traded me Malix, and I always tell him when I'm with him how much I hate Malik. Like, I can't stand Malik. <laughs> and I strictly made that trade with him because he's always like, oh, you didn't you didn't give up that much. Don't act like you did. <laughs> and I just always tell him, I'm like, dude, Malik is terrible. Like, he isn't good at baseball. He's just fast. And I truly believe that. I don't think mm-hmm. Malik is good. I think Malik, there's going to come a point where he's like Delino De Shields, where it's just in and out of the lineup, and all of a sudden he's a backup. And I just don't think he's good. But he Agreed. is fast, and that is important. But when you put guys, I guess my general point with this is when you put guys like that into your lineup for the speed you'd be amazed how much it drops your power off because of everybody hitting for power. When you put in those rabbits like D, you know, D Gordon, Billy Hamilton of the past, you know, guys like that, that don't hit for power, your power drops off a lot. So just something to kind of think about too, you know, when you're going for like, if you think that you can draft say Arenado or judge or whatever, Bregman, these guys early, that don't run a lot, and then, oh, I'll just take Malix or whoever later. Well, you're negating the power, too, because Malix is going to chip in, like, five home runs, maybe. Are so, there... and, that's, and that's a big deal. I mean, because almost everyone's hitting 15, you know, 20 homers. I mean, it's like nothing. That was going to be my question. Are there any other Malik Smiths in baseball right now? I guess Delinos the Shields is probably the other one in terms of no power. There's not, yeah, there's not a lot. I used the, I just used that comp because I remember when I own I remember owning to Shields. Yeah. In a couple, you know, a couple different times. And it's always with the Shields, it's always been when he's playing and he's leading off, he's valuable. 
but there's times where he's been in the minors mm-hmm. or a fourth he, outfielder and, and he's a hundred percent useless. So it's like two extremes that, you know, yeah. I mean, it's great when the go, you know, when the going's good with him, it, it's great. I mean, he's running a ton of, with Malix. It's been mostly good this year. I mean, he's leading the league in steals. He is only batting like two thirty something. And he doesn't have power. And I just I think that there will be a point that that kind of wears off. But, I mean, it's helped me in the league this year, you know, do what I needed to get or get what I needed to get stat wise and stuff like that. Especially in Seattle, where Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez are coming strong. Right. And then you have Kyle Kyle Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's had a pretty good first week here. Fraley. Yeah, I forgot about Fraley. Yeah. They've got guys, and he could be working his way out of a lineup spot in the next year or two. Yeah, yeah, he's just – he is what he is. I mean, when he's in there, he's going to be valuable. But I just brought that up just because of – mostly because of the lack of power that those rabbit types give you, you know, later in the draft. If you think I'm going to wait on speed, any speed guy that you're going to get late or in the, even in the middle rounds, they're not going to have any power. Because the ones with power and speed are going high. Okay. Well, anything else you want to discuss before we get out of here? No, that should uh, pretty much wraps it up. Just okay. Close, well, out, close out a couple leagues here. Man, this is it's stressful. Yeah, with how many leagues you're competing in right now, it must be stressful. I, I, I don't have that problem. <laughs> I'm already almost. I'm already out of it in one of my two football leagues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a bad week this week and then. Yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. one. Uh, Roto Masters one is kind of my main focus right now. I, gosh, it's so it's crazy close. I'm two points back. So yeah, daily updates on every single player at this point. It's just yeah, every at bat, every inning, everything. Yep. But that's exciting. It, like it is. It is exciting. It it really is. It's so fun. I, I'm like thinking. I I think in my head like, man, I just want this to be over because it's such a grind. But then I'm like, once it's over, I know I'm going to be like, I I wish it wasn't over. You know. Yeah. So kind of just trying to soak it all up and enjoy it. It's been a really good year for me. It's been good. Yes, it has. And you're you've run away with Rotomasters too. That one you've got in the bank. At this point, I'd say, and it's I. I think I'm not going to jinx you at this point. What are you up like twenty yeah, points still? I finally am comfortable saying I, <laughs> I, think, I think I got it, but uh, I hope yeah, all of our it's... league members listen and give chew you out for that. Even <laughs> though I don't think even then they'd have any room to stand on. Yes, eighteen and a yeah. half point lead right now. They're all fighting for Feels... second place. The guys that are behind you. Anyways, um, I think that kind of covers it. And this might surprise you, Andrew, but we managed to talk and not get through that second 15. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's uh, definitely not a surprise there. No, but that's all right. We had some good conversations in there. And yep. we'll, we'll get back here soon. We've, I've, got, well, I've got a lot of exciting things we've talked about that we're hoping to do here over the course of this next month as the season ends and we get in the playoffs. Not really going to go into any of that right now, but got some good plans for some things to do in October 
before we get into the full off season. And I think we could, we're going to have some fun shows here. Yeah. The off season shows are going to be fun. Yeah. I like, I, I like the season more, but the off season is great because you could dive into stuff and you're not, uh, you're not having to go through the daily grind of everything that involves, you know, the leaks and stuff. So. Instead they're, of watching games, we read fan graphs. Yeah, right. They're good. <laughs> they're good in their own ways, both of them. Yes. All right. Well, that's all I got then. So until next time, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.